Welcome back. We're here for shout number three in the benching series. We're here for you. So we're ready for shout three of the benching series and it's a delight to be here with you. We're here on Kona, the Villa Amio in the Chambre Pavilion with our huge, wonderful staff here to do this shout. Jeff is getting ready for Adamas. And as we all know, that means that it's a great time to do some conscious breathing. And you know, when you listen to Adamas, everything he's talking about that makes the most impact is our radiating consciousness. So let's go with that. Let's take the good, deep breath, the breath of consciousness. Let it flow breathing with it, allowing it with each breath. Take that good deep breath, feeling into you, feeling into you. Take that good deep breath, that breath of I am that I am, I exist. Breathe with presence, breathe and allow. That good deep breath, that breath of life. Invite Adamas in. He's here for each of us, always, with every breath. So feel into it. Let the breathing flow. Let the breathing flow as we feel into this. I am that I am, Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Welcome to the December 2021 Shoud. Welcome each and every one of you from all around the world to uh, this unprecedented time, to all that's going on on the planet right now. It seems like just yesterday when we first gathered together after Tobias left. I came in. It seems like just moments ago, uh, for me anyway. How the time has flown by. How we've come to so much work that we're doing together. Let's take a deep breath with that as we begin this shout, and we're really turning another corner uh, or coming to another point of separation in the work that we're doing. Let's take a good deep breath with that in this beautiful shout. Uh, such a nice backdrop uh, they've created, beautiful stage with uh, flowers and the trees and the teddy bears. And Let's just take a good deep breath for the beauty of our gathering. These are unprecedented times indeed uh, for you, first of all for Chambra, for Crimson Circle, unprecedented because this has never been done before. Never before has a group of humans across the planet been going through their realization and coming into mastery and staying on the planet. I've told a story recently in some of the Kasama gatherings of uh, an incident that happened at the Ascended Masters Club. I'll give the brief version here. Uh, but 
I was at the Ascended Masters Club one night, quietly reading a book by myself, when I overheard some of the other Ascended Masters kind of talking uh, loud enough so they knew I could hear, loud enough to irritate me to a degree. They were talking about how easy that you have it. Uh, this one uh, Ascended Master, Sebastian, uh, Pointed out right away. So well, they have it so easy back there. They have all of this technology, and they gather online. Uh, everybody in the world, uh, around the world, can tune in together, and and they have uh, computers, and they can hop on an airplane and go to a workshop in Hawaii. Or they have all these conveniences. And uh, when we were coming into our realization. We didn't have all these things. We struggled on our own. We we had to do it by ourselves. We didn't know there was another group. We didn't have ascended masters that were giving us channeled messages. We had it so difficult. And they kind of carried on about this. I'm finally put my book down and just sat and listened for a moment. My 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 anxiety and and irritation building at, at this. And uh, one of the other ascended masters. They said, "Yeah, they, they they've got it so easy, uh, and uh, in here we did it the hard way. Uh, they've got it so easy on the planet right now." Well, finally, I just slammed my hand down on the book, stood up, and walked over to the group. And I said, "You know, yeah, they have some modern conveniences. They they can do a shout with me, where Jamba from all around the world can tap in and." They can record what they call their cloud classes, and they can easily print books these days. And yes, they have some modern conveniences right now, but but shame on all of you, I said. Shame on you, because when you were on the planet, you were going through your realization. It wasn't so crazy. The planet wasn't so crazy. Things moved a lot slower. Now you have thousands and thousands of patents per day just in the United States alone uh, that are coming through. When, when you were going through your realization hundreds or thousands of years ago, there was hardly anything ever new created. Uh, things were the same. I said, it's fast and furious down there right now. And I don't know if you could possibly endure it. And, and just the amount of data, the amount of information, and the speed of which things are changing. I don't think any of you could really handle it. Well, they were still kind of snickering about this, and I thought to myself, well, I'll get to the real point here. And the real point was that I told them, you know, when you were going through your realization, yes, it was difficult, as to a degree was mine. But there's one big difference between you and Shambra. And that is, you left at realization. Oh, you maybe stayed a few days, a few weeks, or Kathumi a few years, but the rest of you, you left right away. And this group isn't doing that. This group is staying on the planet. They don't have to. They could simply accept and allow their realization and leave, but they're staying, and they're staying in physical bodies that are in pain a lot. They're staying here having to deal with mass consciousness, which is changing at unprecedented speeds. They're staying on the planet, and when things are really, truly crazy, they're not just bailing out. They didn't say, okay, I crossed the finish line, I got to my realization, and now I'm out of here. They're staying. 
and they're staying to do something that we call the Atlantean dream. They're staying to shine their light on the planet at a time when the planet absolutely needs it, like never before. They're staying to shine their light, and there are going to be some difficult days for them. There are going to be days where they have anxiety. There's going to be days where it's difficult to put up with other people in mass consciousness, but they're staying, and not just for a few weeks or a few days. They're going to stay for years, decades even, on the planet, and you didn't. I felt good inside. I was very clear. I was very firm. I wasn't smiling one bit like I am now. I felt good inside about laying it on them. The room felt silent. By this time, there were thousands of Ascended Masters gathered around, and every one of them was silent, not knowing how to take it. And then from the back of the room, far back of the room, you could hear one Ascended Master applauding. And pretty soon there were five, then a hundred, and then a few thousand, and pretty soon the whole hall at the Ascended Masters Club erupted in applause for you, for the work that you're doing. It was such a touching moment, I don't think I could ever forget, such a touching moment when the whole Ascended Masters Club realized the importance of what you're doing. And sure, you have some modern conveniences, but there are also modern pains in the ass. I mean, social media, it has its good points, it has its bad points. Uh, the speed at which technology and medicine is changing, it has its good points, but it could have its bad points. The, the, the whole issue with artificial intelligence, which I'm going to talk about in Pronost, it, it has its great points, but it also has its very, very frightening points. Yes, indeed, things are easier in a way, but in another way, as each and every one of you know, it's as tough or tougher than ever. And I know from working with you, and Kathumi knows from working with you, that your commitment is to stay here. And you don't have to. And as you know, those of you who have come to realization, that there does come that point. In your coming to realization, you're realizing that you're realized, no longer thinking about it or fighting it or trying to do it. You just realize that you're realized. There comes a point where you also know you don't have to stay. It's also it's very, very seductive to leave. Very seductive meaning that suddenly if you leave, you don't have to contend with that physical body. You don't have to contend with the annoyance and the aggravation of other people or, or your families. You don't have to deal with the world just like it's up and down and spinning all around and people going crazy, I mean literally, because of the speed at which things are changing. And it's not necessarily going to get better anytime soon. I'm not predicting any sort of crisis or uh, any sort of uh, catastrophes, but it's just going to accelerate faster and faster, and it'll be more and more difficult for people to contend with. And it's going to affect their minds first and then eventually their bodies, but it'll affect their minds, their mental stability, and of course what they do now is simply put them on medications which really just flattens the mind. All the feelings, all the sensations, everything, all the drama and emotions are still there, but now they're masked, covered over by the medications. And as 
modern science has find out has found out you can be on these antidepressants. Oh, hello, dear Linda. Hello. Oh, you look lovely today. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, I could feel you uh, behind me, just maybe kind of hinting to me that I should. I'm walking on thin ground here, and and wondering if I'm going to overstep my bounds. But Linda will tell you before I do that this uh, all of what I'm saying is what uh, uh, for entertainment value only. Okay, so far you haven't crossed the line. Yeah, Close. Yeah. yeah. Close. Uh, the the official disclaimer, but yeah, uh, no. let's move beyond it. No, it's, no, 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 no. Uh, you were okay. Okay, good, okay. good. Just caution me any time. Okay, thank you, sir. That that you feel I'm crossing the line, so I could then cross it. Oh, okay. Yeah, good, great, good, Adamus. Good. Great, great. Good, good point. So what happens is uh, people are given these uh, these drugs, and, and there'd be more and more of them, and, and not just the antidepressants, but more and more use of. Uh, things that you have right now on the planet, the opioids, any anything to relieve the pain, and that's going to be more and more commonplace all across the planet because things are changing so quick. You live in unprecedented times, no, nothing like it before. Uh, excuse me, I have to uh, do my coffee. I love uh, indulging in a little earth coffee when I come here. Mm. And I see they're actually making lattes here at the oh, yes, gourmet uh, for it's you. A gourmet, and it should be a good reason for anybody to come to a workshop Heck here. Heck yeah. Feel into that for a moment, these unprecedented times on the planet like never before. Nothing to compare it to. You can go back to the ancient times, you can go back to the indigenous peoples of the planet. You can go back to Atlantis, Lemuria, as far back as you want to go, and you're not going to find anything like this. Uh, not even in the, the what would be the best of times in Atlantis. Uh, it had nothing like this in terms of the, the development of technology, the speed at which things are going, the changes that are literally erupting in the planet. And I, and I use the word erupting, meaning there are so many changes in social systems, in financial systems, in, in, in the inventing process, in manufacturing. These are eruptions that are ha happening. And, and it's not a negative term. It just means it is happening so fast, it's difficult to keep your balance uh, for the typical person. And that's why at the Ascended Masters Club, when, when they started talking about the Chambra have it so easy and uh, they, they have all this guidance from Adamus, it's like, no, 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 they don't have it easy. I know to a large degree of what you're going through right now on the planet. There's no other group that is going through what you are into realization. And at the same time, now, really learning to go into your intuition, your nost, rather than relying on the old functions of the mind. And that can be frightening. It takes a huge leap of trust in yourself to do that. With the mind trying to hold back, saying, no, you have to be logical. Uh, you have the whole issue of the light body right now, uh, the light body coming in. The light body now being given uh, the the permission to come in by you, and Kathumi goes into it in great detail in in his making light body. I'm uh, delighted that he agreed to do that. But so much changing in, in the in your biology right now uh, at this whole time of the new human species, and although it sounds wonderful that the light body is coming in, 
it can be very difficult. It, it affects your physical body. And colliding with all this is the whole COVID issue, which I'll mm -hmm. talk about in a moment and then talk about a lot more uh, when we do the PRONOS 2022. But as the light body comes in, it sounds wonderful, but it has an effect on your physical body and it brings anxiety in the mind. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety right now going on with Chambra because of all the changes. So I give each and one of you credit. I will stand up for you at the Ascended Masters Club or any other place in all of creation to defend what you're doing and to help others understand what you're doing here on the planet right now. I give you my personal thanks for going through what you have been going through, for allowing yourself to be realized, allowing yourself to be an embodied master on the planet. I thank each and every one of you. It is not an easy task, but it is the Atlantean dream and perhaps one of the most satisfying, beautiful things that you'll ever do. So let's take a good deep breath with that. COVID. COVID. <laughs> I got that one wrong. <laughs> As did uh, every other Ascended Master who weighed in on it. Uh, none of us really understood the extent of COVID. It was supposed to come fast and furious and leave relatively quickly. COVID was supposed to shake things up in the biology uh, as the humans really start going into the new species. And it was also, for to a very large degree, meant to shake things up in the financial systems on the planet, the economy, uh, causing a rethink of so many, so many things. Uh, you're seeing the results of it from people saying they simply don't want to work anymore. And that is their right. Uh, people saying, I don't want to be a mid-level manager all my life get two weeks of vacation and, and then retire and die. There's a whole shift of consciousness taking place right now as it relates to work, jobs, careers, more people than ever going out on their own. It's not that they just want to sit home and be lazy bums. They're saying, there's something more I want to do. I don't know what it is, but something more I want to do on the planet. COVID is shaking up systems like never before. And yes, we got it wrong. And I'll be the first to admit that uh, I assumed that it was going to come in fast and leave quickly. But something funny happened along the way. Well, not that funny, but something happened along the way. As COVID came in, now now it's been two years, I believe, yep. uh, since COVID first appeared. And as it began to get into uh, the, the population, uh, get into the biology, Humans did a, a funny kind of a turn, a funny twist on things. Instead of uh, taking that one great big um, uh, experience into COVID, they said, humanity, mass consciousness in general said, let's do a complete house cleaning. Mm. We're not just going to bring it in for some changes in, in society, some changes in the economy. Uh, let's fully bring it in. In other words, mass consciousness gave permission for it to do its variants. Uh, and now I believe what you call the Delta variant, and you have an, another one after Omicron. that. Which Omicron. one? Omicron. Omicron variant. Uh, and, 
and now it's doing all the variants, and there'll be other variants that come about because COVID is here doing a complete house cleaning based on permission from humanity. And possibly, possibly even because there were enough beings on the planet shining their light to say, let's just do it. There are enough beings who had gone through the dragon in their own life. And in a sense, COVID is very much, it is a dragon. But there are enough Shambhara that have gone through the dragon to say, you don't do a little dragon, you do it all the way. You don't do a little bit of house cleaning and then come back in a couple of years and do a little bit more. Let's just do it right now. So perhaps with that light, it helped to influence mass consciousness to say, come in, let's, let's just take care of it right now. Let's let it come in and change the systems. And yes, it's caused a lot of deaths. But in a way, those are beings that were ready to leave. And I'm not trying to minimize the, the sadness and the suffering that occurs when, when somebody dies because of something like COVID. But generally, these were people that weren't going to stay a long time anyway. And they're going to find another way to, to leave. And for many of them, it was simply a restart, a reboot saying, I got very much on the wrong path in this life, or I just wasn't doing anything in this life, I'm going to do a reboot and uh, come in. Uh, You'll most likely see a kind of a mini population boom in about five to seven years based on the ones who left because of COVID now uh, getting a little uh, rejuvenation time on the other side, then coming back in. But the bottom line is COVID did uh, and is doing a deep house cleaning into just about everything. COVID literally has woven itself into deep, into mass consciousness. Uh, It it could have been such that it came in, had an impact, and it left. But it it has woven itself in just like cancer. Uh, In other words, it's become part of the fabric of life right now. And in doing so, it affects everything. It affects uh, the medical industry, uh, and again, from a very uh, from the positive standpoint, the research and the time and effort and money that's gone into medical research is going to go far, far beyond just COVID. The new understanding of the human genome, a new understanding of how atomic particles work together, and more than anything, a brilliant understanding that. I feel is going to be coming forth in the next 18 months, a real uh, practical understanding of how elements, how particles go in and out of reality. Mm-hmm. And not just a, not just a theory uh, from some physicist, but now a, a deeper understanding with that understanding of, uh, you know, particle shifting. A- and it's really... Um, Every particle, every object in this realm has its reciprocal or its parallel object or particle in a non-physical realm. It's a, like a shadow or like a ghost. And, and they do go back and forth at times. And sometimes the particle in this realm goes completely into the other realm and then comes back. Or what was the shadow particle comes back into physical reality. The point is that with this new uh, the focus on medical research, that 
they're going to understand now how particles really work going mm -hmm. in and out of reality. And then, therefore, they're going to have a better understanding of what people call the other dimensions, but are really other realms. So the offshoot of COVID, of coronavirus, I do prefer that term, is it's changing the planet right now. It's accelerating the changes. It's causing a lot of rethinking on the planet. And it'll be around for a while, although I'm not making any prediction. Don't ask me how long it's going to be around. Okay. I'm not going to make any predictions on that. So all this is happening, and, and you have chosen to stay here. You've chosen to be embodied masters, and it's not easy. And please, some of you uh, perhaps had a little too much sugar dust and fairy sprinkles put on you, thinking that uh, coming into your mastery was going to just be easy. It's going to be different, and in many ways easy, but in some ways much more difficult. Not from a personal standpoint, not from a what have I done wrong standpoint, but much more difficult saying, there's days I just don't want to be here. Uh, and be okay with that. Uh, don't try to fight it. Uh, because there are going to be days when you just feel like you're in overload because you're sensing all of this happening around you. Uh, you don't even have to read a newspaper or do people, do people still do that? You don't have to uh, I'm getting from Calder. Oh, look at uh, the internet, uh, the um, YouTube, and the, these things these days uh, to understand that uh, that it, it's very challenging, and you're feeling it on a sensory level. You're, you're feeling it all around you, and you still have the habit of taking it on as your own. Something you're doing wrong. There's not. You're just sensing what is all around you. So. Let's take a good deep breath with that as things are falling from the ceiling here. But um, yeah, it's bound to happen. Things happen all around you. As uh, Caldera and Linda were talking about in their opening statement, things happen uh, and they'll, they'll continue to as long as you're here in mass consciousness on the planet, uh, as long as you're in nature, uh, as long as you're around other people, things are going to happen. Their example recently was the tree falling on the house. But it did very little damage. There was no, there was no personal uh, damage. Uh, neither one of them was hurt, nor, nor was Belle. Uh, the tree fell because it's nature. Trees fall. Uh, and and it's not, trees aren't going to stop falling just because you're an embodied master. When things happen, though, it happen right around you, there's a natural protection that happens as you are an embodied master. The tree can fall, but instead of falling right on the house and doing a lot of damage, it fell in almost a precise way, I mean, an amazing way. And it fell in such a way that uh, the damage was minimal. I mean, it created a lot of excitement and, and drama, which I guess Calder and Linda enjoyed to a certain degree. It certainly got their attention. Uh, Linda's sitting over here, uh, rolling her eyeballs. She's really good at that, uh, rolling the eyeballs. But you know, you have um, with what happens around you, you, you have kind of a natural protection. It's not to say that things aren't going to happen. They will, but you kind of have. Um, I want to be careful. Calder says this correctly. You have kind of a ring of protection around you. But don't think of it like the things you used to do with a, 
white light all around you. That was that was kind of like a wall, a, a barrier, and and uh, now there's just kind of a energy field around you, your energy field, that is a natural protection. And it might be something like uh, you're in a crowd and and there's people there that are carriers carriers of COVID, uh, and you just have a natural protection that somebody else might get infected, but you don't necessarily get infected. Or uh, let's uh, let's say a car accident, um, somebody skids off uh, skids on the road and there's a pileup of cars, uh, but. It's right there in front of you, but somehow what what almost appears to be a miracle is nothing happens to you. There's just a little tiny dent on on the fender of your car, or you could be um, you know at a at a walking through the forest and and a big storm comes up and lightning and thunder and it can be all around you, but your natural protection will protect you. Now this is not angelic protection. And we're not selling insurance programs here today for uh, for protection. It is your natural energy. It's kind of like an energy field around you that you could be right in the midst of all sorts of drama and all sorts of crazy things right now. You're protected, and and it's yours. I'd like you to feel into that right now. It's there. It's there because you've allowed yourself to be here. It's there because. You're here on the planet, and things are going to happen. And not all days are going to be bright and sunny, and there's going to be chaos and problems, and there's going to be things that are unprecedented, like uh, meltdowns on the on the internet and uh, and these things. And you could be right there, but somehow it doesn't affect you. It's like it's raining on everybody else. And you're very aware of it. You can smell and feel the uh, the, the rain in the air. You can see it, but for some reason, it's just not raining on you. And that's what life is going to be like going forward. It's not suddenly like the whole planet clears up and everybody's singing Kumbaya and hugging each other. And that could be at some point, but right now, no. There's too much change that's occurring on the planet, way too much change for that to even be in the realms. If anything, it's just going to bring up more conflict. More than anything, I'd like you to understand right now, though, uh, in addition to your natural, kind of a natural protection. You could be in the midst of crazy, but you're not crazy. But one of the things Shambra still continues to do is feel deep levels of anxiety. Uh, anxiety, and it's a, it's a phantom anxiety. Uh, Caldra has written about it recently, he's telling me. Uh, phantom anxiety. And what you're doing is just picking up on things all around you, other people, uh, the, the planet in general, uh, the future, and it's not yours. Shumber has a habit of taking things on. You've been doing this for many, many lifetimes. Uh, you've been energy holders on the planet. Uh, you've been, you've been kind of saviors uh, in a lot of situations in past lives. So you've taken on a lot of the planet, a lot of mass consciousness. And right now, there's still degrees of that within you. And this causes anxiety. This anxiety is kind of like a, like a, 
a horsehair blanket, uh, which I've used from time to time. Uh, some of you might not be familiar with them. They provide a certain degree of comfort and warmth, but they're itchy as hell. And for Chambre, you still kind of like this role of being a planetary babysitter, uh, of holding the energy, of taking things in that aren't yours to be able to process them, to be able to hopefully help mass consciousness. But it's time to drop that. It's time to burn that horsehair blanket. Uh, because with the real work you're doing here on the planet, shining your light, there, there's no place for it. There's no need for it. And I know sometimes it feels cozy and comfortable just to feel like you're really doing something and taking on the world's issues. But as you go into your light body, you're going to find it doesn't work very well anymore. You take on other people's issues, other people's energies, and it's very, very uh, difficult on the physical body. Uh, you're taking a, a big extra load on that's not yours. Many of you who, who are sick, who never have energy, who have diseases, these are not yours. You've taken on mass consciousness problems, partly because you're very sensitive. You, you feel these things and then you say, oh, uh, there must be something wrong with me, partly because you're still doing social work. Uh, and let the other people do the social work. They want to come up the ranks. Uh, as other people develop more consciousness, they want to do what you used to do. Energy holders, uh, planetary social work, spiritual social work, it's not yours anymore. And it's going to be very, very difficult as your light body comes in to accommodate that and holding or carrying these other issues. They're not yours in the first place, and I'd like you to really be discerning in recognizing that. They're not yours, and you still tend to think they are, and you justify them as yours, but they're not yours anymore. What's yours? Tobias said it the best. What you choose. If you're not choosing something, uh, junky thoughts in your brain, uh, physical issues, if you're not choosing it, then it's, then it's not yours. If you're choosing it, so be it. It's yours. But you have that right, and I'm going to say you have an obligation to me and to Chambra and mostly to yourself right now to let those things go. At the recent gatherings here in Kona, uh, I've taken great delight in calling people out on their issues. Uh, they like to talk about not like they used to, but they still to a degree about some of their victim issues and how they're just in a place in their life where they just you know can't do anything and nothing's working and it's like well it's not because you're you're still holding on to it you're still owning it if it's there it's because you still like it so I'm going to invite each and every one of you right now to let go of all that we have other work to do we have the the shining of the light that's radiating the light rather than pulling in everybody else's dark cloud. You're not here to be the gatherer of dark clouds anymore to see if you can process it and overcome it and all the rest of that crap. Now you're here to shine the light, and there's a big difference. And you know what I'm talking about. There's a big difference in just radiating your light versus gathering in the dark clouds that really aren't yours.
Let's take a good deep breath with that. <laughs> so let's continue. Uh, shifting gears. Uh, but before I do, I want to emphasize once again this natural protection. It is, it is uh, something that is with you as an embodied master uh, as you stay on the planet. It's it's because of the way energy works. Uh, your own energy isn't going to put you in harm unless you like it, unless you want the harm. But otherwise, you could be in the midst of all this other stuff, and like the falling tree on Villa Amio, the tree fell, but very, very little damage. And the damage was uh, really uh, a good point of illustration. I mean, uh, and a little fun drama for a day or two, but uh, in a in a different setting with other people, it would have probably wiped out about a half or a third anyway of the of the entire house. So let's take a deep breath with that. Next subject: love, love. I don't talk much about love uh, for a lot of good reasons, but I'm going to start talking more about it. Uh, I don't talk about it. Uh, I don't use it in my regular vocabulary with Chambra. We don't do love kumbayas because to me, love isn't uh, what most humans define it or even experience it as. To me, love is uh, human love. It's highly overrated. Love has been highly manipulated. And love is generally something that you have to give to others and sometimes perhaps receive it for yourself. But it's something that pretty much is promoted as giving it to others. You don't hear too much talk about receiving love. You talk about, you hear about giving love. Love has been highly, highly overused, uh, even even in the Bible and some of the other holy books. Love definitely machioed to death by the New Age, uh, starting in the in the 60s, but really going beyond that. It's been it's been machioed by the New Age. We're all going to love each other, and we're going to do kumbaya love, and we're all oneness, and we're going to go back to loving each other in the oneness. And to me, it's kind of a farce. It's kind of a huge misunderstanding of energy and actually what love really is. To me, love is, well, it's something that was first experienced here on Earth. And people talking about uh, God uh, sharing His love. Now, right there you know something's wrong, that they're identifying God as a Him. Uh, and, and sharing this love kind of on a kind of like on a by request or you know by um, appeal basis uh, God doling out a little bit of love here and there God for whatever that is had no idea of what love was your soul your I am had no idea of what love was until humans came to this planet no, nobody said we were going to go to the planet to experience love because they had no idea what love was. They came to the planet 
to understand the relationship between consciousness and energy on behalf of your angelic families, who you didn't love because there was no love. So now you come to this planet, you go into this incredible, crazy search for the understanding of energy and consciousness, and what do you find? Love. Pure love. Love for another. A connection so clear, a remembrance, uh, even in this reality, a remembrance of where, where you came from. With the other person knowing you both came from a place far, far away a long time ago. And there was that connection that then sparked this thing that had never been experienced on the planet love. And ultimately, love became one of the angelic senses. And you continued loving, but then you found the dark side of love divorce attorneys. You found, you found the brutality of love when, when a parent beats you and, and says, I'm doing this because I love you, when, when you come home one afternoon and find your partner in bed with somebody else, say, no, no I really love you. Uh, it was just a little uh, indiscretion on my part. And then love hurts. Love bites. And then people, people who have never met each other before and uh, suddenly saying oh i love you you know like like a, it's a word like bread or or air you know so, well no i i think it's using the term a little bit loosely there i think you have to know somebody more than 10 minutes before you can love them for the most part so love is one of those phenomena experienced by humans on earth first and now making its way through all of creation. There are angelic beings who come here uh, just to experience love, kind of like uh, the love circus. We want to go down there and see what it's like, this thing called love. And what are your songs written about? Love. Love. How many songs are written about peanut butter? Not many. They're written about love. How many songs are written about scientific discoveries? About ten, but the rest of them are all about love on the planet. I haven't talked about love, and you can tell I'm a little bit cynical. Maybe I, I don't know if you can tell that to detect it in my tone about love, just because of how it's been overused, manipulated, commercialized, misunderstood, and harmful in many ways. You've gone through a lot of experiences with love, and for most of you, the majority and Last lifetime, a lot of you just went off on your own, said, no more love. I'm done with that. No more, no more relationships and partners. No more falling deeply in love like what you had before, where you just lose all sense of sense and self as you fell deeply in love with another. Served a purpose. You learned a lot, and you got to experience love. But then so many of you in your last lifetime uh, went off on your own, loners, away from other people and away from love. You needed that time by yourself without the intrusion of a love relationship. Yes, I said intrusion, because it can be. And then you came into this lifetime. You came into this lifetime 
You know, with all the knowingness in the world of why you are here, all the knowingness of what this lifetime was about, I mean, not details, but in terms of what you were here for, for realization, and then ultimately to stay as an embodied master. And and along the way, so many of you trying to get back into relationships that didn't work. Many of you, uh, you know, trying working for years or decades at at a relationship, at the whole family unit thing, the whole love thing, and it, and it didn't work. And many of you are still sad today about uh, when when we talk late at night. You say, "But Adamus, I just wanted." a partner, a lover in this life, and I never did find one. Just That's the, really the one thing about my life that just was never satisfied is that, that, that partner, my soulmate. And then when you say soulmate, I want to gag and throw up. And they say, oh, no, I'm sorry, I met my twin flame. And then I have that look on my face, and there is no soulmate or twin flame. So he came into this life again hoping to have that love but but also you came into this lifetime knowing you were going to push it away because you didn't want anything to interfere with your realization love is a beautiful thing the the love i'm talking about not the typical human love love is such a beautiful thing when you can openly Share with another. Share your body. Share your deepest, most intimate thoughts. Share stories about your journey. Share laughter. <laughs> Share going to a movie or taking a long drive. When there's nothing you have to hide, when there's nothing you have to hold back, that's love. If you're in a situation where there's holding back, where there's, there's hiding, where you have secret passageways into your, into your psyche and into your spirit, when there's jealousy, when there's uh, accusations and all the rest of this, that's not love. That's not love. That's, that's a relationship. But it's not the love I'm talking about. So along the way, humans they d- discovered love and they experienced it deeply and they experienced its dark side and its beautiful side and now i'm not against love at all i'm against the improper use of the term love oh love and of course the greatest love of all and the most elusive of all is loving yourself it is time dear shambra dear masters it is time now to love yourself in, in a non-machio way, not in the you know, the old way of oh, I love myself, I love myself, but then you really don't. Uh, to truly love yourself, I'm going to be talking more about it, and and at times being very critical about uh, what I would call old-style love or crappy love. I'm going to be talking about the importance right now uh, of having loved others, but now what it's like to love yourself. And it's difficult because as far as you've come and as conscious as you are, 
it is still difficult right now to love yourself. And remember what I said about having a partner. True love is when there's no holding back. There's no secrets. There's no hidden chambers or corridors. There's there's no uh, jealousy. There's no. It is open and trustful. That's true love. When you're not bound to each other till death do you part. That's that's not love. That's religion. Oh, true love is never holding on to anyone or, or anything. There's no need to hold on to them, to cling on to them, to to strap them down, because that's not love. Love is that deep trust in yourself and in in others. But now we're going to be talking more about we're going to be talking more about loving yourself, loving yourself, and that is truly one of the most difficult and challenging things of all. It's much easier to love another. It's much easier to project the love, to give the love, than to receive it, whether it's from somebody else, but mostly from yourself, mostly from you. It's time now we talk about love in a way that you might not have ever heard before. We'll be doing some special gatherings, love gatherings, but I want to bring it up right now. This is the the next corner we turn or the next point of separation, whatever you call it, loving yourself. Take a moment right now to imagine the possibility of loving yourself unconditionally. You came here to the planet not knowing a thing about love, and you discovered it, and you fell in love, and then you had sex, and then you had many other relationships in love, and then love turned sour, just like milk gone bad. But through that, even then, you learned what love is not. So you could eventually be here right now, loving yourself. My kind of love that we're going to talk about is no macchio at all. And if you start doing that, your dragon's going to come up and bite you right in the love biscuit, uh, right, right there. Uh, it's not going to allow this kind of uh, sugar-coated, cotton candy love. I'm talking about really loving yourself. It sounds so good, doesn't it? But yet, it's so difficult. It is so very difficult. Let's take a deep breath together right now as we go into the next step with Chambra. And I'm going to go back to the Ascended Masters Club, tell those bastards a thing or two that the ones who are telling how easy you have it. And I'm going to say, you know what we're working on right now, or what better said, what we're allowing right now is true love of self. Not this pansy love going out there, love the world, and even though you really don't, loving self and really, really a fulfillment of why you came to the planet. Because to truly understand energy and consciousness, how they work together, is also understanding how to love yourself. Love yourself means fully accepting yourself everything, everything. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Ah, delightful coffee.
Okay, next. Next on our hit parade. Hmm. I want to stay with uh, just feeling into love for a moment. Let's just do that. Self-love. And let, let, uh, let's just come through your consciousness right now. Coming to this planet to learn about consciousness and energy, but what do you find? Love for another. And you go through all the experiences of that. Loving another and good and bad and then for a while there's kind of almost like there's none. It seems like love has gone out of your life and then and then it's time right now to love yourself. There are not many on the planet right now or who have ever been here who have truly loved themselves. Not many. We're going to be doing this, uh, not together, but we're going to be doing it kind of simultaneous. All right, let's take a good deep breath. As I shift gears here once again, I'd like to tell a story, a master story. The master was sitting in his cottage one late afternoon, reading a book by the fireplace, enjoying a nice glass of wine, doing the thing that the true master does, just taking it easy now and then. He master teaches a lot of classes, and days are pretty full, but master knows that it, every once in a while he just has to take time by himself. But he was sitting reading the book, and suddenly he got one of these bells, <laughs> a bell going off in his head, and not literally hearing a bell, but it was a nudge. Uh, it was a knowingness that suddenly he had to put down the book and put on his cloak and go out for a walk. Now, the interesting thing is the Master didn't know why, and the Master doesn't question. Because once you question, you start going mental. Once you say, now why am I feeling this, and is it just me, or what should I be doing, what's Spirit trying to tell me? No, 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 no. The Master felt this bell go off, a nudge, put on his cloak and knew to just go for a walk. Not knowing why, not knowing where it was leading to. And that is such an important point for all of you. You're going to just feel something. And what you used to do was think about it and diagnose it and dissect it and analyze it and get stupid about it. Now it's just time to go into your knowingness, as the, the Master did. He put on his cloak and he walked out the door, not knowing whether you should turn left or right or go straight, not knowing one bit, but knowing and trusting in himself enough to know that it was going to be the right way, the right place. He walked for about seven minutes, and finally he came to the little lake on the campus, surrounded by large, beautiful trees, and there at the park bench, this late afternoon by the lake, was one of his students, Christina, crying, sitting on the park bench sobbing. Master stopped for a moment. He had felt a lot of things going on with Christina lately, like there was something really tormenting her, so he really wasn't surprised to see her crying. She was a good student. She was definitely dedicated, committed to her realization. She had a basic good grasp of, of her energy, but there was something that was interfering, something getting in the way. He stood there for a moment, feeling into Christina, uh, really feeling into whether 
it was okay to approach her, or perhaps he should just walk away. But as he felt into it, not trying to get words in his head and not having Christina's higher self talking to him, he just felt into the energy as you should be doing. Don't get all mental about it. Don't get all crapped up in your brain. Don't wait to hear some big voice. Just feel into it. That's your knowingness. That's what the Master did. He felt into it. And it seemed very appropriate to approach her, almost like the energies were inviting him in. So he <clears throat> cleared his throat <clears throat> a few times so as not to scare her as he approached her on the park bench. And she stayed there with her hands, her head in her hands, sobbing, sobbing. The Master just sat down next to her. Not saying any words, not saying something stupid like, How are you doing? Uh, how, was, how was she supposed to reply to that? Isn't that what most humans How are you doing? I'm having a breakdown. I don't want to live anymore. How are you doing? Uh, no. The Master just sat there. I'm gladly amusing Linda. <laughs> I'm, the Master just sat down beside her and get used to it, just being there. The Master just allowed his light to shine. He didn't have to work at it. He didn't have to click a button, uh, say, light go on. The true Master is always shining a light. The Master just sat there for a bit, and not trying to send her all sorts of good vibe energy, not trying to heal her, uh, not doing any chants or prayers. He didn't pull any incense out of his pocket and light it up to smudge and clear the air. None of that. He just sat there. That was the perfect thing to do. That's what she needed. She didn't need a bunch of talk at that moment. She didn't need a bunch of luxury advice from an old man, and she certainly didn't need the incense smell all around her. Sometimes humans have this weird concept of trying to help other people, and it's a damn intrusion in my book. Sometimes just the presence when you feel there's an invitation, just the presence, and not a lot of words, if any words. So the Master sat down beside Christina. She knew he was there. She could detect it right away. And he just sat, not saying anything, just not trying to inflict himself on Christina, just sat there. At a point, about five minutes later, Christina stopped crying and caught her breath, wiped the smudges off of her face. The master reached into his pocket, into his cloak, and pulled out a flask of brandy and handed it to her without a word. She took a big hit off of it and then a deep sigh of relief. Now, it's not that the master should always carry a flask of brandy, but it's not a bad idea on occasion. It's exactly what Christina needed, just something to break the, the whole emotional, cathartic situation she was in. The Master knew she needed to go through this to a degree, but he also realized that she'd gotten caught in it. She just was swirling in it now. The Master realized there were some issues in her life things that hadn't turned out the way she had wanted, and specifically related to a relationship she had had, a relationship that had gone on for about five years. She hadn't married this gentleman, but 
they'd lived together, and he had just picked up and left. Barely any notice, just said, it's over. And she was devastated. Christina said to the Master, finally, said, it's just not my destiny to ever know love. The Master just sat there. There are times when it's better not to say anything. The Master just sat there. And she said, you know, Master, this isn't the first time. The relationship before this lasted two years, and the one before that lasted barely eight months, and the one before that was about five years, six years. And she said, it's just not meant to be that that I ever, ever have a relationship in this lifetime. The Master truly understood, for before allowing his realization, he went from one relationship to the other, trying to find answers, trying to find meaning, and trying to find love, and none of them worked. He knew what it was like to face the darkness of love, but eventually to emerge with the love of Self, and then that's all you need. But then when you have the love of Self, then you can really have a relationship with another in true love. Christine started to talk. I guess the large swig of brandy helped loosen her tongue a little bit, but she started to talk and she said, Master, I, I went to counseling recently. Uh, this very word, the Master rolled his eyeballs, kind of like what Linda did. Counseling. Oh my God. Counseling is for addicts. Master thought to himself. He didn't dare say that to Christina, but counseling is for addicts. The type of human counseling there is right now. They're addicted to their issues, and the counseling reinforces their issues. The counseling gets them deeper into their issues rather than resolving them. The counseling oftentimes actually helps create more of a victim and abuser consciousness than anything. And Calder is chiding me right now, uh, and I'm not saying all counselors, but counseling in general is like that. It doesn't look at root causes. It tries to patch and repair, and when that doesn't work, medications. Christina said, Master, I've I've been going to counseling lately, trying to find answers to why I simply can't have a good relationship, why it always starts out good. It it starts out, uh, I, I truly think it's the best love I've ever, ever found, but then we start having disagreements, then we start arguing, then there's coldness, then there's silence, then there's accusations, and it just goes from beautiful, blissful to bad. My counselor told me that uh, I'm, I'm creating all of this. And my counselor said that uh, the real reason what's really happening here is that I have a, a wounded inner child, and she wants me to do an inner child retreat. It's going to take about a month and going to cost about $8,000, but I go to this uh, these seminars three or four times a week and learn about my wounded inner child. The Master was thinking to himself, I'm going to drink this whole flask of brandy from myself if I hear any more about this, because he realized that now that's, that is truly a bunch of psychological crap. The Master listened to Christina talk for a little while more. He knew it was important for her to just get it out. He hardly said a word. 
He nodded his head once in a while, rolled his eyeballs a lot, but hardly said a word. And finally, when she had kind of exhausted herself from speaking, finally the master said, Christina, the problem has nothing to do with a wounded inner child. It's the wounded adult, actually. Would you close your eyes for a moment, Christina? And remember when you first came to this planet in this lifetime, when you were born into this lifetime. Would you remember what it was like to have such a pure knowingness of why you were here on the planet? A pure knowingness of what you wanted to do and where you wanted to go. And this stayed with you when you were one and two years old. You were doing things like talking to the elementals and the fairies and me and others, and that was truly beautiful. When you were three and four years old, still having that clear remembrance, but now becoming more aware of the world around you and its idiosyncrasies, its challenges and difficulties, but still remembering clearly. And when you were five years old and maybe even up to six, still having that clear consciousness about why you were here and what you were going to do. So, Christina, you don't have a wounded inner child. It always knew. It always, always knew. You have a wounded teenager and a wounded adult, a very wounded adult, but this whole thing with wounded inner children, no, no, it just isn't so. It's it's one of these uh, New Age type of things that sounds good, but Feel into it for yourself. He said, I want you to feel into, into that inner child, into yourself. Bring, bring it here. You know there's no time, there's no past and future, so be your inner child right now. Feel into that. Christina sat there for a little while with Master very silent. And at first she was struggling because you see the whole setup for her had been that her inner child was wounded, so she expected a wounded inner child and acted out accordingly. But she kept on breathing and feeling into it, and eventually eventually she could feel her younger self, her inner child, so to speak. And suddenly she felt its clarity. And it knew why she came here. And it was preserved within her. It got buried. It got not lost, but it 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 gotten overshadowed by so many other things in life. But that inner child and its purity and its true knowingness was still there, and it hit Christina. Oh, like a brick, it hit her, and she knew exactly that it wasn't a wounded inner child. It was simply things that had happened in life that had gotten her off course, that had caused her to deviate, or at least think she had deviated from her true mission or mashing on this planet. She felt into it for a while, and it just started streaming through her. The beauty of this crystal clear young child that she was, and then all the challenges, all the clouds and the shadows and the darkness of humanity swirling and causing her to, that inner child, to go into hiding, but not wounded. 
was going in to protect itself so it could emerge at the right time with clarity. It streamed through her this remembrance of her true, pure child self, and then all the things that it caused it to go into hiding, all the all the things into her teens, and whether it was being uh, feeling she was promiscuous or uh, hurting other people or doing drugs at an early age or uh, getting married and or getting having bad partners along the way, and and. Then she realized that no, there was no wounded inner child, and if she could, if she could come back to that knowingness and certainty of this young child that she was, that would help her to understand all the other things that happened. The master could feel she was at that point of reconnecting, and the master said, "Now, take a deep breath and let that." youthful innocence come back again. You've been hardened by the world around you. You've turned skeptical and cynical. Now let that innocence come back. It's time." And she did. The Master knew now now was the time to get up and leave. She was going through her thing. She was going through a union or reunion within herself. He quietly stood up, and just as he was about to walk away, Christina looked up at him with beautiful but still tearful eyes and said, Master, would you leave your flask of brandy with me? Dear Shambra, you don't have wounded inner childs. You have that inner self, that youthful, bright, innocent, pure knowingness of yourself that has been hidden away for a long time. It's not wounded. It never was. Human, the, the adult, a teenager maybe. And it's been, it's been kind of put away, sheltered from the craziness of life, but it's time to bring that back. Let's put on some music for Marab. There is no wounded inner child. There is the teenage, adult, whatever, middle age, even senior that took on way too much. That wasn't theirs. Took on way too much. And on top of that, for so many of you, you came here into this planet and then you had to wait a long time until the time was right, or the time right to do your your true mission here, is to be embodied masters. Some of you waiting, what, 30, 40, 50 years? During that time, you you can get very tarnished, and turn very negative, and, and then on top of that, you took on so much that wasn't yours. So much. Let's take this moment in this Marab of purity and innocence to bring that part back, that part that you brought in was so pure for so many years. 
the part that knew why you were here, the part that basically brought the message in. Let's let's invite that part of you back now. It's not in the past. It's right here, right now. It's not somewhere else. It's right here. It was just kind of hidden away out of a sense of protection that you never wanted anything that was going to pollute or distort that beautiful part of yourself. The child, the Christ child, actually. The Christos or Crystal child that came in with such knowingness and determination. It's right here, right now. It's okay to bring it out. There is a natural protection now. It's time to allow that out. Wounded child, what do these people come up with? There's no wounded child. It's the pure child. Wounded adult, maybe. Wounded child, not. Take a good deep breath, and it's okay to let that purity and innocence back out. It's the part of you that absolutely knew why you came here. Maybe you started questioning things seven, eight, nine years old. Maybe you got caught up in mass consciousness, or or your own guilt and shame. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. But it's not the wounded child. I invite you to feel into that that purity, that knowingness. That's the real you. That's before you started taking on other people's stuff. You started taking on mass consciousness. You started making lists of all your issues and what was wrong and what was wounded and what didn't work right and where you went wrong. This pure child self, the Christ child that you are. It it knew. Why you were here? Now, Christ Child, it understood that over two thousand years ago, you were here on this planet at the same time as Yeshua. Yeshua being a collective, not a soul being, but a collective of all of you and. You knew that when Yeshua came in, it was time to plant the seeds of divinity, consciousness on the planet, and you would eventually come back to to harvest that. That's this lifetime, right now. At this holiday, Christmas time, now is time to 
let that Christ child within yourself come forth. No wounded inner child. None of that. What a farce. So, Linda, would you hand me the teddy bear here? Yeah. One right here. Oh, it's going to replace me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy will do the breathing from now on. <laughs> so, dear Shambro, no wounded child, no wounded inner child, none of that. There's that child within yourself, the Christ child, Teddy and me, Linda and Belle. We ask you to right now take a good deep breath bell just laying outside here on her back her feet up in the air her legs spread she knows what i'm talking about let's take a deep breath together it's okay now you have natural protection it's okay to let that christ child out back into your life it contains all the memories and all the knowingness and all the purity and the understanding of why you really came here in this lifetime. It was never gone. It was just hidden away, protected. It never took on other people's stuff, mass consciousness stuff like your more adult self did. It never got wounded, and it never will be wounded. Take a good deep breath, allowing this Christ child to come forth. Funny thing about it is it actually, it, uh, you could say it runs parallel to the light body coming in, the innocence of the light body, the simplicity of the light body, no garbage, no junk, just purity. So how about we let in both the Christ child and the light body? Huh? Maybe just maybe they're kind of the same. Deep breath now into the Christ child. With that, my friends, wish you a very, very happy holiday. We have a lot ahead of us in 2022. It's going to be a strong year, a very strong year. Take the rest of this year to do something for yourself, to love yourself. Rejuvenate yourself, hug a bear, hug yourself. We'll be back for the January shout. We're going to hit the ground running, but for right now, through the rest of the year, take a deep breath and feel the Christ child within and let it start coming out.
on behalf of all the Ascended Masters and the applause that they gave you, wishing you the very best and looking forward to the rest of our journey together here on the planet. With that, we wish you well. I am Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Thank you. So with that, with me and Teddy and Adamus, let's all take that good deep breath, really feeling into the beauty of this message, allowing that Christos within us, that Christ child, that innocence, breathe it in, feel it, and allow it for you, each of us. Take that good deep breath, that good deep breath, it's that breath of love of self. Love yourself with each breath. Take the good deep breath as we close out this special holiday shout. And we'll be back January 8th for more. Thank you. Mm -hmm.